Storytime with Andy and Amanda. Right, Amanda, what are we doing today? It's Storytime with Andy and Amanda. Yeah. Now, what is Storytime with Andy and Amanda? It features Andy and Amanda and it's story and it's time. Yeah. <laughs> What's special about today, Amanda? I sent my zombie out and it found a guest and dragged it back. Yeah. Now, obviously, guest, unknown guest, who are you? And don't tell people a little bit about yourself. Yes, I'm the mystery guest. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Reggie Agulia. That's the easiest way to do it. And I am a slash part-time one-trick pony poet. <laughs> and, I've, and I've been dragged here by the Zombie Nation to present some of my little work to you all. <laughs> okay. Over to you, mate. Your first piece until then, mate. Should I go first? Yes, okay. please. Yes, please. Right. Special guests always go first. Huh? All right. So this is called Toxic Relationship. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> We're all familiar with this topic, so here we go. So, one, two, three. The delivery guy is gaslighting me. He said he delivered my package thrice, Tuesday, Friday, and yesterday. He said it was there at 2.35, 4.23, 12.10, and 5.15. The delivery guy is gaslighting me. I never saw your van, and, and I didn't. And he said that he probably was that because he parked it somewhere else. The landlord is ghosting me. He said, how are you? I said, fine. What about the leak in the bathroom? And that was two weeks ago. My boss is benching me. She said she, she likes my style, that I'm experienced and friendly, a real team player. So I asked her for a permanent contract with 20 days holiday. And she said, we need to wait a while to see if you're the right guy for this job. My friends are love bombing me. They bought me two pints, crisps, and an Uber home twice in a month. I told them all my troubles and I canceled my therapist, but my friends haven't called me back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, on Storytime with Andy and Amanda, Reggie, I always like asking people, I guess, what the inspiration between each of the pieces is. I'm terrified to ask what that piece, where that piece came from. <laughs> well, it's partially true. <laughs> yeah, it sounds uh, a little bit. But I think it's like, it's also what everybody goes through nowadays. Like, uh, everybody talks about being a better you, a better person. And then you try to connect with people. And in the end, people just are, you know, they just hook up with you most times out of interest. You know, you have like a 20%, let's say, relationships that are actually genuine. And that's a mix of family and some close friends. And then everybody else is just, you know, part of it, you know, and then most of it is based on the frustration of everyday life where you're trying to build connections with people and could be professional ones and, you know, like delivery guy and everybody seems to know the truth and that truth doesn't always match the truth that you see. And it's very frustrating because people say, oh, you know, the pandemic's over. You should, you know, make new friends, you know, uh, start new relationships. And then every time you try, it goes, it goes, goes very wrong. And, the last part was just all noticing like how a lot of people write about toxic relationships. I thought I'll bring into a lighter side of things uh, by making fun of mundane situations, you know, that we don't notice, but they're also very toxic to us. 
Yes, I think it's really clever. What I always love what your work, Reggie, and this is anyone ever sees Reggie live, is you always deliver it with such a smile and an energy. And of course, it's a drink in it as well, you right? <laughs> There's only coffee today. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You, you were when we saw you over at our night before we were on Speakeasy the other week. You shocked me when I had to go on stage with apple juice. I've never seen you do that before. I know. I just I had a traumatic experience in Charlton last time, so I was like, not gonna drink. <laughs> I just thought no. apple juice was a strange way to describe cider. <laughs> it was actually generally apple juice. <laughs> Right, we better move on there because we're going to be what always going to be is me and Amanda wine that rubs you for half an hour. So, <laughs> and we know he loves it anyway. So, right, okay. Uh, first piece I'm going to do this is from um, Reggie's heard this one before, but and Amanda as well. This is on the book that's come out my flat track press recently called Nero, Nero Diverse. And I've got this piece of mine I've got in this anthology is about him, dyspraxia, which I got registered for with when I was 28, so a few years ago. So, this is. Between then and now, a life before and after the discovery of dyspraxia. They never said I was stupid in my exams at secondary, but I knew from the results I got back with the letter U, staring at me in the face, or marks that weren't much better, they would have dismissed me as a waste of space. They never said at work when at a warehouse or grocers after leaving school on a youth training scheme, even when I struggled to read where to file everything. Who just sent me back saying I just wasn't right. Potion operative, kitchen porter, drifted from my teens and twenties, buried in confusion like tangled curtains of words, fighting through evening classes to re-educate myself. Turning into the first year at university, grasping through the wastelands of sleep, spending twice as long as everybody else of essays, blackmailing myself to carry on with guilt. Marooned with dyspraxia, my lecturer said I was, the word turning over my tongue in the rain, pulling the outline of my life out into the open, instead of simply kicking the ladder away again. Changing the tune of the song, halfway through unmapping the mysteries in the fog of my thoughts, with slow intake of breath of relief, and stopping me driving back through the rain again, alone. Yeah, I was in the, I was in a miserable mood there, as you can tell, right? <laughs> nice and cheerful for you. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just there's not a lot to say about it really, because like I said it was just um, really because I got asked when I found out this book. I think I think it was you I found out about this collection, Amanda, wasn't it? I don't. I can't remember. Yeah, now I wrote about. I just wrote about my life basically before I got dyspraxia, so before I found out about it. So anyway. I want Reggie now to cheer us up again. So we're going to get Reggie to do piece number two. Okay. I was going to do something sad, but I'll go for a happy. <laughs> yeah, you better add. You better add, right? Okay, let me find the happy one. Oh, my God, where is it? There is this any. Is <laughs> no, this is called Dear Mr. Caretaker. Oh, my God, where is it? I've just lost it. Uh, <laughs> Only people like, like, like. There's one about Didsbury, but I'm going to probably leave that for another day. Mm, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I totally lost it. There's your bouncy castle. Okay, one second. I can't believe it. I've just totally lost it. The identity struggle in Didsbury. 
Nah, the only people. Nah. Oh my God, where did it go? One second, I found it. I okay, so this is, is recording. It is all obviously pre-planned. This is part of Reggie's act. So over to yeah. you, Reggie. <laughs> all right. So this is called the Caretaker. We wrote this uh, in one of the workshops with Andy and Amanda. All right, here we go. So the Caretaker. Happy birthday, Mr. Caretaker. Really sorry we have forgotten your name. Really sorry we never learned your name. Really sorry we never asked you for your name. Happy birthday, Mr. Caretaker. We really appreciate your hard work. Keeping the building clean, the walls from molding, the toilets from clogging, the windows opening, and the doors locking. Happy birthday, Mr. Caretaker. We are so happy it's your birthday today. And we are sorry to have forgotten all your other birthdays. How many were there? 10, maybe 12? Anyway, hope you can enjoy this one more than the others. Happy birthday, Mr. Caretaker. We meant to say hello yesterday and the day before that. We didn't mean to ignore you. It was just a bit too much. Happy birthday, Mr. Caretaker. Just a quick little request. Uh, would you mind maybe, just maybe today, uh, because it's your birthday, could you please just open the basement door and let us out? <laughs> Quality, mate. Oh, brilliant. I remember, I remember you doing that one. Oh, do you remember that piece? Yeah, I remember that one, but I forgot the ending. <laughs> Right. Brilliant. Brilliant, mate. So I love your cheekiness there. Definitely, mate. Brilliant stuff. Okay. Over to Amanda now for her first piece today. Okay. Shall I start with the poem or the longer? One? Do the poem. Do the poem. Do the poem. Okay. Firstly, I apologise to anybody who writes poems in any ways that are mentioned in this. It's only a joke, and I'm sure your poetry is fantastic. It's called What Happens to a Poem? What happens to a poem if it doesn't rhyme? Does it go to prison for committing a crime? Or will it get a commission? What happens to a poem if it doesn't utilise every single word the writer comprehends to bewilder the reader into deliberating that maybe the writer isn't babbling any old codswallop? What happens to a poem when it becomes a cliche, leaving the reader with a heart full of sorrow, doubled over in gut-wrenching pain, should be avoided like the plague? What happens to a poem if the lines don't go on and on forever, running off the edge of the page without question marks, commas or full stops, and you can't even tell if it's a poem anymore and you think it might be a very short story instead, but not even a good one, and you wonder why anyone would want to write like that and didn't they ever try reading it aloud? Now, Amanda, you better... Now I can breathe. <laughs> Tell Reggie about the structure of that piece, man. It's quite interesting, actually. Yeah, the last ones, I couldn't say it as fast as I think it's meant to because I need to breathe. But it's basically about 10 lines long, but it's supposed to be one line. I tried doing that once and it doesn't work. I was like, I'm going to write you know, loads of big sentences and then you just run out of breath at the end and nobody gets it. Yeah, just like... <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. Uh, my second piece, I'll go next and I'll go back to you, Reggie, then. Um, this one I actually was going to read out at Speakeasy earlier in the week, and I forgot to print it off. So so this was going to be for our friends, a farewell present to our friend Mike, but it's also a gag as well, okay? So it does feature cameos by quite a few people that we know here, Reggie, okay? So I'm going to have to refer all these people to this, okay? So in case they're wondering, okay? So this is called The Dwindling door yeah you tell me 
what you would do if you're offered a £200,000 spend the night in a known haunted house. Mike said I was mad. That place, afterwards again, I've got words wrong. <laughs> right, the dwindling door. Yeah, you tell me what you would do if you were offered £200,000 to spend the night in a haunted house. Mike said I was mad. As if that place wasn't haunted, there was certainly something seriously wrong with it. Amanda said, I was taking my life in my own hands and went ahead with it. Steve wouldn't even look at me and just turned away giggling, almost like he was saying, you stupid fucker. Anthony offered me 50 pence not to go in there saying that's all he had, even though everybody saw me review notes later on. Antonia was the worst, well, her and Reggie anyway, when they both said whatever and walked off giggling. As it was, it only lasted four hours and I woke up and saw the door in the bedroom was starting to dwindle away. Yeah, I know it's not possible the door can't simply fade away. But it's starting to do that, so I ran towards it and fell through the stairs. Then the next bedroom and the bathroom until I landed in the kitchen. I went right up the kitchen door, it was locked and won't let me out even though it's dwindling away. It didn't matter anyway, as after the house faded away, all my life did. And I started again in a different world with friends who this time gave a shit about me. <laughs> See, that's why, um, yeah, apologies to friends of ours for that one, but it was just, it, like I said, it was going to be a leaving present for Mike and I forgot to read it. I should have read it, he would have loved it. <laughs> I know, I'll send it over to him anyway. So I said, wrote, wrote that, that was on our workshop pieces on a bit back, Amanda, wasn't it? So yeah. like, we, you weren't there, Reggie, we did that one, so it's sort of meant to do, so. Anyway, Moving right on to Reggie with piece number three, I believe. Yes. So this one's slightly more serious, but it was also when we talk about Mike, that, that, that was the thing. I wrote this not thinking about him. It was just, I think, more about myself. But in the end, when I read it, I thought, oh, this would be appropriate as a little send off to Mike because he's moved to another place and he's like restarting his life and everything. I just thought it made sense. It will make sense. So it's a slightly more serious piece and it's called Bouncy Castle for no apparent reason. <laughs> All right, here we go. So who's there? Uh, it's life. Come, take my hand. A dream I awoke and went for a joy ride with life. We hit the dark places, full speed, lights flashing. I could hear the thumps of objects crashing. Alive or not, they hit us from all places. And suddenly I was thrown back in the seat. Ride, this ride was totally out of control. Life has no idea what it's doing. My body looked okay, but it was definitely bruised inside, and I wouldn't doubt there was some kind of internal bleeding. As the miles shifted from number to bigger numbers on the anometer, I started to forget where I was, but life kept on riding. As things started to get darker, I noticed grass growing on the side of the road, and sunflowers started to bloom. There was a tall field of long grass and flowers. The tires screeched. Life opened the door. You can get out now and enjoy some fresh air. And while life waited in the car, I went for a walk, only to notice that life continued to follow me. And no matter the ride, wheels are on feet, life would always be there for me. Wow. Excellent, mate. Excellent. Yeah, that, what do you reckon about that? That is very serious with Reggie, that, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. That's why. So, tell us about how that piece came from, Reggie. Was it always was it always planned to be that way? Was it, or did it pieces come out the way it did for you there? I was basically, yeah. So the way it came out is just basically. I was thinking like things happen with us 
that we have no control. And there are moments where you think you're going nowhere. And then suddenly you notice that you're somewhere. It's not where you want it to be, where you intended to be. And it's like not having control, but at the same time, noticing that you were in control. And I think the thing is, I try to make it light as well. Because I, I think a lot of times people, when they write stuff, they kind of sometimes take themselves too seriously. And I was trying to avoid the obvious a lot of times, but basically uh, when the idea was like, when it seems very dark, the piece, it suddenly brightens up. So there's that part where it's like, everything's getting dark, everything's getting horrible. But then you look to the side and there's like life, there's grass growing, flowers growing. So I kind of wanted to make a mix in every paragraph, let's say every block of like good and bad. And then kind of at the end, I thought, okay, everything seems to be lost and you seem to be all alone. But then when you look, there's, there's something there and it doesn't have to be a person. It could just be life itself. So it's a kind of a mixture of like, you are actually all alone, but you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. What do you recommend? It made a lot of sense to me, that piece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see, as you see, Reggie, she's into one syllable answers. Thoughtful answer. <laughs> now, I agree. So, I agree. <laughs> now, obviously, moving along now from deep and meaningful now to the subline to the ridiculous, isn't it, Amanda? Yeah. Right, so I've got to scroll back up now. And my phone's gone on battery saver mode. Right, okay, this is called My Big Fat Zombie Life, Episode 1. Today is a good day for me. Welcome everyone who is following me from my old Instagram account. And to all my new friends, I've been an influence for five years now. But when I woke up this morning and realised I was a zombie... I knew I had to make a new account and record a video to use my privilege to help everyone understand what that means. First of all, I'm going to back up a little and tell you how this happened. So, I was at an exclusive party last night and OK, it was hosted by Kiefer Sutherland and let me tell you, he knows how to party. But anyway, as I was about to leave, some party crashes arrived and one of them bit me. I thought I was going to need a shot or something. Who goes around buying people? I mean, really? But it turned out to be the best gift ever because I'm not a brainless moron like in the films. I'm sure some zombies are like that. But hashtag not all zombies. I've got a degree in beauty therapy and that's why I still look great today and not like, well, a zombie, I suppose. So that's what I'm going to show you in this video today. How to look good no matter what. Because I am a zombie and if I can look this good, you've got no excuse. So, I'll start with this new foundation I've created as part of my new makeup line, which I'm so excited to announce will be called the Zombie Revolution Range. My advice, go for the darker shade, ladies. You might look like you've been rubbing your face in the mud, but pasty skin is so out this season. Now, once you've applied that, you'll need blusher. Get some rosy cheeks or nobody knows you're woody undead. And my new palette has a choice of amazing shades to really draw attention to your eyelids and away from the red eyes. As I discovered earlier, my eyes now turn red when I'm hungry. But don't worry, because mine turned back to sky blue as soon as I hit the postman. Okay, I'm just reading some of the comments saying I shouldn't have done that. 
But don't worry, it was stealing the mail, so it's all good. Can you believe he stole nearly all my fan mail? I only got two letters last week, and one of them said, Die, bitch. Oh, maybe it said, Diet, bitch. But what do they know? I ate a salad last week. Okay, so it was a tomato slice and some lettuce in a bun with a piece of fried chicken, and it was soaked in mayonnaise, but it's still salad. Am I right? Anyway, got to go. Tune in next time when I'll be showing you how to dress for the beach for a hot zombie summer. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you'd agree with me, Reggie. That is so, anyone knows Amanda's style, that is so much like her style, isn't it? But in a completely different way. Oh, I think it's perfect. I think it, it totally exemplifies our generation, you know, the new generation, everybody. I think, like, first of all, like making fun of people that take themselves way too seriously and then people that want to be like influencers, you know, yeah. and, and and just really like it's my favorite piece from Amanda. I just love it because it's all it's a lot of people that, you know, think they know the answers to everything. And then they become zombies. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're dead right. It's absolutely it says it's one of my favorite pieces of Amanda's to date, certainly. Because it's there's a lot of little things she doesn't know that's normal for her. Like I noticed the reference to Keeper Sutherland mysteriously appearing in this again. Oh, he, and, had, he had to sneak in there, didn't he? <laughs> and um, you've done another piece fairly recently that went on about the hashtag things. And I love the yeah. fact, like, yeah. And you've had another go with hashtags. I think hashtags are really open season. There's like a this lot of people on social media that are just talking hashtags. Like not yeah. even like just adding it at the end, but they, the whole thing is in hashtags. Yeah, I mean, they'll post one picture, let's say, of something really random, and there'll be like 14 different hashtags, like hashtag sunlight, <laughs> hashtag cat. And and I think the thing is like that, when, when you talk about zombies, for me, I take it to the level of the movie uh, Night of the Living Dead, which is the zombies is how we become so jaded as a society, you know, and that's how I see this piece as like somebody who's just so out of it, they're in their own bubble that they are like a living dead, you know. Oh no, I agree, agree with you completely, Reggie, with that. So it's such a cool. I'm looking forward to seeing what Mandy does with the next couple of pieces on this because every watches space because yeah. there is more to come, and I know I've I've heard hints of it as well. But you're not really you wait and do so you get some help, Amanda, aren't you for it? Should we say? Yeah. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag need help. Hashtag need, help. Hashtag yeah. zombies. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> give me lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know if Reggie's heard any of these other ones we do with this series, but our last couple of episodes, I've been doing a, a cover for my third piece usually. And they've usually been last book to by Edward Lear. Are you f- f- uh, familiar with Edward Lear, Reggie? No. no um, his most famous piece is. Uh, the Owl and the Pussycat. The Owl and the okay. Pussycat went to sea. And I, oh, anyway, it's just nonsense. Anyway, it's, it's, I've got a book here called Complete Nonsense, and this is from that. So then I'm going to read about a complete nonsense before we let Reggie finish off for us. And this one, I'm po- I've not read this out properly yet, so I might stumble on this, but hey-ho, after the fun. This is called The Broom, the Shovel, the Poker and the Tongs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> The broom and the shovel, the poker and the tongs, they all took a drive in the park and they sang a song. Ding-a-dong, ding-a-dong, before they went back in the dark. Mr. Poker, he sat there quite upright in the couch. 
Mr. Mr. Tong made a clatter and a dash. Miss Shovel was all dressed in black with a brooch. Mrs. Broom was in bloom with a sash. Ding-a-dong, ding-a-dong, and they all sang a song. Oh, Shovely, oh, so lovely, the poke of his sang. You have perfectly conquered my heart. Ding-a-dong, ding-a-dong, if you plead to my song, I will feed you with cold apple tart. When you scrape up the coals of a delicate sound, you wraps my life with delight. Your nose is so shiny, your head is so round, and your shape is so slender and bright. Ding-a-dong, ding-a-dong, aren't you pleased with my song? Alas, Mrs. Brew, sighed the tongs in his song. Oh, it is because I am so thin and my legs are so long. Ding-a-dong, ding-a-dong. Don't you care about pin me as a pin? Ah, fate is a creature when sweeping the room. Ah, why do you heed my complaint? Must your needs be so cruel, you beautiful broom, because you are so covered with paint. Ding-a-dong, ding-a-dong, you are certainly wrong. Mrs. Broom and Miss Shovel together and they sang. What nonsense you're singing today, said the shovel. I'll certainly hit you with a bang, said the broom, and I'll sweep you away. So the coachman drove homeward as fast as he could, preserving their anger with pain, and they put the cack on lickle by lickle. They all became happy again. Ding-a-dong, ding-a-dong. There's the end to my song. Sounds like a rap. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, you need like some rap beats in the yeah. world or something. <laughs> It's worth noting, so like Edward Lear, um, it shows you how old these were, these pieces, Reggie. He was actually born in 1811 and died in 1888. Wow, it sounds kind of recent. It doesn't sound like your normal writing from the 19th century. No, he's, he's a complete, a complete lunatic, what I can read about him, but he's, I find him very funny. And it just gets, it's off the, off the beat, it's a bit unusual, and that's why... I like doing the, these sort of pieces on the third one because this is a bit weird, aren't they, Amanda? You've heard a couple of them now. Yeah. There was one of them we did with, um, we had Ray Douglas on a couple of months ago and, oh, I got I kept stumbling on it because I, I picked one out just before and I didn't realise it went on for three pages and it was like the repetition was going on and on and on. And on, and on. And on your, your face was going red and then purple. <laughs> <laughs> it was an unorthodox, but it wasn't this. I won't do that piece again. <laughs> but anyway, right, Reg, our, our Lord Reginus, over to you, mate, for the conclusion today, the fourth and final piece. All right, so I'll finish with this one here. This one's called Like. Yeah, you might not remember this one. So, like, shoes, socks, and gloves. When there's one, there's the other. Like, earrings, slippers, and eyes. When you lose one, it's just not the same. Like scissors, sunglasses, and tweezers only works if you have two parts. Like bangers and mash, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, pen and paper, always better when together. Like knowledge and power, soap and water, left and right, only make sense when they are together. Like unicorns and zombies, chocolate and whiskey, haikus and ap apocalyptic vampire novels, Amanda and Andy, greatness always comes in pairs. Drinks to the amazing couple. Oh, excellent, mate. Excellent. <laughs> um, I think you did that one for them just before we got married, didn't you? Um, exactly. Yeah. So. yeah. Quality. I'm not this sure one. about the unicorns and zombies going together. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> what would the zombie be writing the unicorn? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to criticize creativity. There was a piece about unicorns and zombies. I don't remember. 
Oh, excellent, mate. It's been a pleasure today, Reggie, as always, mate. So, tremendous stuff, mate. So, hang around anyway, because we do need to quick chat you off mic today. But thank you today, mate, for coming along and brightening up our day, as always, mate. And thank, thank you, you for having Amanda. me. And thank you to Amanda. And people people obviously won't see this as the, only the video bit, but people, Amanda's got a big... What have you got in the background here today, Amanda, to conclude with? And you're back... Got, I've got my big, fat, sobbing life background. Yeah, it's got a background. So watch this space. So I believe there's going to be some videos coming on that. So, But anyway, guys, girls, that is it for today. We'll just see you all next week. Take care. Thanks and as Amanda much. says... Bye. Bye. See bye. you all. See you. Story time with Andy and Amanda.